All right. Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. So, guys, how's it been going? <laughs> Great. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, so, well, uh, Saturday went really well. I had, a, had an event with the Friends of Newman and uh, presented a little bit of the vision. By, oh, by, well, the way, by the way, hey, uh, my what hom- happened on Friday? What? Oh, that was kind of lame. Yeah, Mike came down and I hung out on Friday. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> best best day of the week. Huh? Yeah, we went to a high school football game. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, and that was actually super cool. Ignatius, apparently they were on NBC maybe, something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I pretty, didn't see any games. Some pretty played. adequate football was played. Yeah. So it was fun. It was fun. The Newman Center does look pretty spectacular there. Thank you. Yeah, you got the you have the physical stuff, physical resources for um, a very cool Newman Center. Mm. So yeah, we had our our first mass of the school year yesterday evening at seven. Sixty people came, which uh, made that little chapel look pretty darn full. We could probably ha- handle. 10 or 15 more before you're you got in standing room oh uh but really? you, you can blow out this back wall it's a temporary or a what do you call this like a fake wall they usually only do that for for ash wednesday but that's my goal is to get so many people that we have to do that every sunday heck yeah dude and heck then yeah. uh inside of 12 months just have to build a whole new church that's wow <laughs> <laughs> nice dude yeah make no small plans right rob Heck no, man. Make no small plans. We're no, but uh, I do feel like amid all of this um, just shizzle, garbage uh, that God is blessing me. I, did, I wrote that in my journal this morning just to remind myself as I prayed my holy hour. Like God is blessing me and I have a great life. I'm really, really happy to be in this assignment. So I presented, uh, oh, I was going to say that I'm kind of podcasting my homilies, question mark. They're on SoundCloud. Mm. Um, we're trying to work to get those on iTunes and stuff. Uh, but we're working within the web platform that we're, that we have right now for our website, jp2newman.org. Um, but you can either search SoundCloud or you can go to jp2newman.org and find my homily. So I, I preached, um, it was like 20. Hold on. Are you setting up and promoting like a rival podcast? Yeah. And by the end of this, I'm going to set up and promote a second rival podcast uh, oh, you just wait and see my. that's also tdn15 <laughs> at checkout guadalupe roastery, <laughs> guadalupe roastery. Yeah, let's just make this all hawking other stuff three three dogs north is now just a vehicle it's like a waffle it's just a container for syrup like you can ha- you happen to be able to eat it but three dogs north is no longer that's, content that's itself the, that's the most ontologically accurate description heard of three dogs north except mm-hmm. for best podcast of all time mm-hmm. yeah that would be number two is, is the waffle <laughs> it's the waffle of podcasts 
It's the waffle. Everybody loves waffles. But try to have a waffle without syrup or whipped cream or anything on top. It's just kind of like bread, basically. Hmm. You know what I mean? You could have used anything. You could. I. I. Waffles are great, man. Waffles are good. You could have used like a burrito, like a mm-hmm. tortilla. Yeah. Like, did you, nobody eats just straight up tortillas. It's mm-hmm. just there to hold in all the goodness. Right. And that does a good job. Actually, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they bust, and you got to get a second one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> uh, when you're eating your burrito with a fork, that's when you know you finally put enough stuff in it. <laughs> You're getting your money's worth. <laughs> so anyways, part of the this is the carne asada of this uh podcast burrito Woo! that my homilies are now up on on the interwebs. Uh You're definitely going to listen to this. No one listened. And I posted the one I preached at this this kind of donor event thing. I wanted to get some of the people that have been real instrumental with Father Pat, my predecessor, uh helping him plan and vision and advise him on things uh, to sort of just lay out like my own experience of Newman and what I hope for this Newman Center. And the downer of it was everything that we do here should draw students closer to Christ and closer to each other, um, ideally both at the same time. So the the lounge and everything like that that we, we renovated and the furniture and um, the whole coffee shop idea, I, I, you know, that sort of stuff is it's the community aspect of it. But the my big dream would be to renovate this chapel um and make it really really beautiful it was cool today is the first day of school there's kids all day you know as i was going in and out of the chapel kids always praying um so and and mass last night like i said there's it was packed and everybody sang and knew the responses it was felt different than the parish to be honest i mean the parish is great but um i remember the first mass i did at the parish was like a 4 p.m saturday mass and it was not near full it was probably like a tenth full and nobody did anything. It's like, Lord, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> Christ, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, is everybody awake here? But last night it was it was very good. So um, the donor mass, I, I did this homily. It ended up being 23 minutes. I did not intend for it to be that long. Um, yeah. But I think that uh, it got good. It was received well. And then I did a little presentation with some slides about before and after like you know just some of the physical plant improvements we did and how the archdiocese had given me fifty thousand dollars in my budget um money that i'd have to raise eventually but that they would basically front me that money to do these summer improvements because this is the time to do it when the students aren't here and we spent uh i can't remember the exact figure but it was forty nine thousand six hundred something uh so we, we stretched the dollar pretty good with the volunteer seminarians and um did did quite a bit uh and sat with some folks at dinner we had it catered from this italian restaurant in town or in little italy um showed some videos of some students and that have been involved at newman for the past few years and you know what they've gotten out of it and people people were really digging it and the guy came up to me at the end and he said you know father connor i really uh appreciate what you're doing here and that you're kind of continuing father father marshall's vision and his good work here and uh I just want you to know that I'm, I'm, I'd like to give you the, the 50000 to to cover those costs. That you, yeah, I'm just like, whoa. I was no blown way. away. Dude. So God is good. And uh, he provides, even in the midst of troubled times. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome, man. So yeah, and then yesterday was first mass of the year with the kids, and and they showed up, and I mean, sixty's not a ton of kids, but a full chapel's a full chapel, and today we were out on the lawn with hot dogs and meeting people, and just really, really encouraging uh, stuff. I'm very eager to to be in this job. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. It is cool. Um, kind of reminded. I was reminded today of. The, hey, Rob, you sound like you're at a distance. Is that just me? I got you. Better you, need to do the, go. you need to do the two fingers. Oh, I you know I was doing three fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the uh, we we kind of and we probably have I don't know I bet there's over last weekend attendance was definitely better at Mass at SIUE. Um, and we probably had, I don't know, 60 students for both two, between two Sunday masses, maybe, I don't know, give or take, whatever. But one of the things we've talked about is, like, we went while the seat conference, the focus seat conference is in Indianapolis this year. We want to, um, like, take a group to it. And anyway, we've been talking about that a little bit. And I got a call from a guy new in focus, but I hadn't talked to in probably, like, ugh. I don't know, seven years or something like that. And he's a regional director, had heard from another buddy that I was a chaplain at SIUE. And he's like, I come through the area, like we should meet up and love to, you know, talk about how like we could help get students there and everything like that. So I haven't even talked to him yet, but it was still just really encouraging. Um, of just, I don't know, it was just a cool story, kind of a one that exactly what you were saying, Connor, is there, there is freaking crazy stuff in the news right now about the church and it's just like but there's also just like real work in spreading the kingdom of god and like relying on the holy spirit right here you know in front of me every day i get up and and there it is there it is yeah you guys praying every day yeah yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm studying up here at the the LI and the Liturgical Institute. Oh, that's what your your STLs through LI. Yeah, yeah, it's through the LI. Oh man, um, this is the, that's the abbreviation. That's what they do here at UIC. Oh, I live at JST. Are you going to BSB yeah. for your lecture? And yeah, I'm doing getting yeah. STL at the LI. Dude, it's the same thing. And military. Exactly. It's the same thing in the military. You end up having full sentence conversations, <laughs> all acronymed. <laughs> Like you're even acronyming verbs. Right. Like no one has any clue what language you're speaking right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we just started classes today, and it was cool. Yeah, I I didn't grow up. I mean, obviously the liturgical institute is big on um, sung liturgy and really obviously getting the most out of the liturgy and trying to pray the mass the way that the church intends. And so we chanted everything, everything this morning. Hmm. I'm talking about uh, petitions. I'm talking about, I mean, the oh, whole so deal. Morning ev- prayer. What's that? You weren't, you weren't saying everything. You were saying everything. Mm. I'm saying everything, dude. Okay. Uh, except I the heard computer. We did not. We did not chant the computer. But uh, it was super beautiful. And I think it's going to be a great, although I'm not accustomed to it, I do enjoy it very much. And... I think being able to pray and like a, I mean, it's supposed to be uh, very similar to the way that monks pray. It's this monastic style of praying the liturgy of the hours and then praying the mass. And 
I think that's actually going to be really huge for me and it was was a, re- a real grace today to kind of just put the soul totally at rest and like was able to wake up and um, have a nice holy hour before morning prayer and mass this morning. And um, I don't know, this new image came to mind when I was talking to Brimmer last night, just in regards to, like you said, all this chaos in the news, dude. It's insane. <laughs> I was telling dude, Rob before you got on, it's like the French Revolution right now. It's like the king is on trial. Yeah. Dude, it's wild, man. You know, you know it's wild when like you get an email from one of the people that you usually, you've like been CC'd on. And they usually just send like pretty extreme stuff one way or the other. Well, when that guy sends an email and the headline like catches your eye, even for that guy, and you're like, wow, that's a lot even for this guy. (laughs) This is pretty wild. So so the the image that came to mind and was just talking to Brimmer about it, like we were just processing stuff up here last night, which it's so great to be up here as well with like these other priests and have a nice little community up here. Um, and the image that came to mind and through talking to my siblings as well is like, there are people who are upset, myself included, and um, like certainly been bringing that to the Lord every single day, just trying to talk to him more and more and to understand what's happening. But the experience has been with everyone that I've talked to about it, and it was perfect with this last weekend's homily. But Peter's line of to whom shall we go? So there's a lot of people who have this feeling of anger and yet they can't deny that like, okay, Jesus is in the church Mm. and the church is my home. I'm not going anywhere, but like I I got no other place to go, but I'm still angry. So the image was that of a married couple where you're like, yeah, we're, I'm not going anywhere. Like we're going to have this fight and we kind of got to duke it out. But like, I'm not leaving and I know you're not leaving me. So let's just, <laughs> let's rumble. <laughs> if for some reason having that image, it was like much more freeing um, and just kind of realistic of like, yeah, this is happening. And like sometimes husband and wife do fight. And actually it's a good thing that deepens the marriage, that deepens the union at the end of the day. Like if they do it well and bring it to its end and do it in love and fidelity to the other. But all the people that I've talked to, they're like, dang it, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Who, Like, where could I go? I know that this is real and I know that Jesus is here. So yeah, I'm going to voice this stuff, but it's out of love because I want to stay with you and I'm not going anywhere. So that was just that image. I don't know if that, that resonates or clicks with you guys. Well, or makes I would just sense. maybe edit it to be like, this is not a fight over leaving your socks on the floor or the toilet seat up. And this is like, sure. Well, it's infidelity. Yeah, it's more like, oh, you turned out to be, you know, like a serial criminal and hit it from me for years. I mean, infidelity, I think. But yeah, yeah, similar. It is. Yeah. So, yeah, I I agree that it. Well, to that point, I I was talking to Nick Blaha last night and he he had mentioned this in his homily. And we we were both kind of commiserating about how the fact that this is the first weekend uh, back for students. Um, and first of all, a much lesser inconvenience is that the second reading was about husbands or uh, wives submit your to your husbands. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Uh, the man, short that, form. Yeah. Go, go with the, the short form on that. Yeah. And I, I'm normally not for that because, uh, I think it's kind of the coward's way out, but, um, 
that just demands you have to talk about that because otherwise it sounds so anachronistic and, and misogynistic if you don't clarify what, you know, submission to Christ means for the church and um, letting yourself be loved and, and all of that and like the meaning of, of marriage from Ephesians 5 and all that. Like it's not just the subjugation of women that Peter is sanctioning. But that was much lesser than this all this stuff coming out. And um, my my feeling was that students weren't really thinking about it. Nobody mentioned it to me, but he he certainly had um, his share of people that were talking about it and having difficulties with it. So he preached on it, and he told a story about um, when he was in Spain. He took some students over for the Camino uh, this past June, mm-hmm. and um, no July. When is when is the feast of Santiago? Is that, do people do that in July? Do you know the Camino de Santiago, the Compostela? Yeah, no. I think it is July. Anyways, that's the they went to in the customary time, and uh, you know that all, all along the Camino route, there are these pilgrim houses and stuff, and uh, I guess it's blown up in the last decade or so because he did it a few years ago, and he said there's way more tourists doing it now than there were before. Um, but they were going through this town and they'd heard about, it was the feast, I think, of the Nativity of John the Baptist. It was some Sunday over the summer. And uh, that was actually the Mass I can celebrate at Notre Dame when I saw Jeff Moore in the procession. Uh, but they were they heard heard about some party and they thought it was like a public feast kind of party in the town. But it turned out to be some people's like backyard bonfire party. And so they just kind of wriggled their way in and acted like they belonged there. It was a group of like 10 college kids and him, a priest. He was not dressed as a priest, but uh, they were talking to these folks. And the uh, the college kids had found the one person at the party who spoke English. And they were talking to her, I think it was a woman, and talking about Catholicism and stuff. And she didn't practice anymore. And... Um, they were just asking her why, and, and she mentioned that, you know, in her town, they hardly ever saw the priest from a small town, and the priest didn't come in, but every once in a while for Mass, and they didn't hang around, they didn't spend time with people, they just kind of came in, put out the collection basket, and uh, and then weren't seen for a while until next time, and they were in a new car, and it was just sort of looked like they were fleecing the sheep, and um, they were not credible witnesses, and it seemed like the church was just not good um and so she gave it up and maybe her parents or her grandparents were still faithful but she sort of saw them as being a being taken advantage of in this way and his reflection was uh you know he 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 wanted to defend himself but he didn't or he you know he wanted to say like yeah but isn't uh christ still i mean does that negate the claims of christianity that just because priests are bad is it still not the case that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? But he held back, and um, later on reflection, he thought uh, of just her her emotion as she was saying these things was not a triumphalistic, like you sometimes hear when people dismiss the church. Um, like they're fi- it's, they find it come almost convenient, like an excuse to not worship, not to spend time on Sunday in church, and um, kind of live the way, their lives the way they want to live it and not be burdened by these commandments or whatever. It was more like a, a certain malaise or sadness because nothing had really taken its taken the place of the church, you know, to fulfill that need of the soul for direction and meaning 
um, it was just like a, a loss, you know, and that those words of Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's like, yeah, there is no, no one else who has the word of life other than the Catholic Church. And that's part of why it's such a bummer that people, that we do these things that make people leave. That's why scandal is such a big deal because you're, you're depriving people. And thank God there's a lot of people who, who, like you're saying, Mike, just stick it out. They're like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, we're working this thing out, um, come hell or high water. But there are people who do leave. And it's not just like, all right, fine, good riddance. I'll go live my life the way I want it and, and I'll do my yoga or whatever other spiritual practice and I get more out of that. It's like there's a deep emptiness that's left, a void when the way to get Christ, which is the Eucharist and the sacraments of the church, and the way to get those is to have the visible church on earth, the kingdom of God, the Catholic church, then it just creates this big emptiness and lack uh in people's life. And that that's kind of what I said in my homily too to the people about Newman. It's like, it's bad for the church that people are leaving in droves. That, uh, like the Pew Forum said three years ago, for every one Catholic convert in the U.S., six people leave the church. Um, and that 16% of, of millennials call themselves Catholic and 13% of themselves call themselves former Catholics. Like, that, that soon is going to be, they're going to outpace it, you know. The number of people who have left the church are going to be greater than the people in it. And uh, that's bad for the church because we're going to have to close parishes and consolidate and all this stuff and schools and blah, blah, blah. But it's even worse for them. You know what I mean? It's even worse for the people who are leaving because they're missing something and sometimes they don't even know what they're missing. And um, that's why it's so critical that we do a good job of witnessing. Because, uh, did you see the movie Hacksaw Ridge? You must have seen it, Rob. Yep. Remember that line he has as he's going back over and over and over again into the into the Shiza to get more people. He's his prayer is, what is it? Just one more. Lord, please let me get one more. Yeah, one more. Let me save one more. He just one at a time goes and gets more, and he saved like seventy five men. Yeah. I thought about I still need to do this. I thought about printing that out and putting it over my bathroom mirror so I see that every morning. That's our job is to go get one more. Like every day, pray to God that he gives you the grace to uh, go into the thick of it, whether you're tired or hungry or desolate or whatever, to get more. One more, you know. that's why it's just so discouraging. Like these statements, why they feel they ring so hollow. It's like, you guys are our pastors. Um, we need to stop defending ourselves and saying, I didn't do anything wrong and blah, blah, blah. And here it's like, everybody's really hurt and upset and disturbed by what's being said. And you're the fathers. We're the fathers. Uh, console your children. (laughs) shepherd them back to the pasture to their home so that they're safe that's what we need and that's what i feel like we i I saw this thing in a a parish bulletin somebody shared on twitter bishop reed god love him and he's an auxiliary bishop in massachusetts i think in the archdiocese of boston and uh he said like i don't know what to do but um 
I'm just going to announce September 24th from after the 9 a.m. Mass in, in St. Anne's Church, um, which I celebrate every Monday. Uh, I'm going to expose the Blessed Sacrament and kneel in prayer and penance um, and fast and pray all day long until 9 a.m. the next morning when I will celebrate a massive reparation and everyone is welcome. The church will be open for 24 hours to join me in prayer uh, and penance for the sins of, of the church. I'm like, that's a bishop. That's what you do. Yep. Is Actually, you... the guy that bested me, Brother Bill Miller, big shout out to him. But uh, today is the Feast of St. Crescent, I think, which actually the relics are in Corpus Christi in Galesburg, Illinois, of all places. Um, but they're doing, a, I think, a holy hour and a massive reparation uh, tonight. And I know there's like the diocese here has been like starting to talk about that type of stuff as as well. But uh, I agree, man. I when I read it, like the same thing. Um, Father Bill had sent out like a letter to his parishioners about why he was doing it and like just really, really encouraging people to come. I was like, that's it, man. It's yeah, that's it. I mean, what would St. Athanasius do, or St. Gregory the Great, or St. Augustine, St. Patrick, who have a relic? I've, actually, Saturday night, I was up till 3 in the morning, unable to kind of sleep, and just reading that document, and, um, you know, texting other priests and stuff, and just the the distress of it all, and, like, the crumbling image you have of this whole thing in your mind. Like, what if what if all of this is true? Um, and as I knelt down to do night prayer, I was like, oh yeah, I have St. Patrick in here. It was deeply consoling. I'm like, that, that's a bishop right there. St. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, they exist. Man, this is a tough season of the podcast. The first three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No Darn kidding. It. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that kind of sums it up, though, of like the the news like continues to seemingly get either worse and or um, what's the I don't know the word I'm looking for, but uh, just like major allegations. And again, I don't know like what's going to play out exactly of what's going to you know come to be the truth and and all of it, but it's like. I mean, that's it's pretty crazy right now, even in the last like 24 hours. I mean, certainly since the last time we podcasted. And yet, yeah, I keep going back to that. Like, I love that image from uh, from Hacksaw Ridge, man. Of just like one one more. Mike, I actually really liked your image of um, like, you know, duking it out and kind of that reality of like, I'm not going anywhere. And just in it, um, I don't have anything else to say besides that. That's just the situation. Um, I asked. I asked one of the priests on faculty today. Um, it, it was just he was he was relishing in me being a newly ordained priest, and like he had been on formation here for a while, and so he's all like, "Mike, what's up?" <laughs> just kind of really. Um, you know, just, yeah, enjoying the fact that I'm a brother priest with them. And, uh, we got to talk to him for a little bit and asked him, you know, you've been a priest for a little while. Like, how does this time period, how does it feel in comparison to 2002? 
And he said the day that he was ordained, he literally walked out of his cathedral and there were cameras. He was ordained in 2002. There were cameras and microphones shoved right in his face. And they were immediately asking him, um, like, what does this mean that you're being ordained right in the height of the scandal? And I mean, from which means from the first step of his priesthood, like this has been a reality that's literally confronted him physically, spiritually, all of that. Um, and it, it was just it was cool to hear him talk about it. And um, I mean, basically what he said, it was it was pretty encouraging. But um, he was like, look, all the guys in my class, like we really felt like this was a conviction for us um, that all this bad news, like we saw ourselves as part of the solution, part of like a healthy member of the church that is going to help um, bring the, the church to to fruition here on earth instead of whatever's been happening. So it just just to hear that that flip mindset of it where it's like, yeah, you could look at this like stepping into this institution that's totally broken and sinful and um, yeah, in a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And yeah, you're just going to go and, and join them. Or you can look at it as like, yeah, I'm, I am going to join that with all of its flaws and imperfections and actually like hopefully help to bring, bring about the kingdom of God here on earth, which is what the church does. Like it is the sacrament of salvation. And so, yeah, the scandal does not define the church, but that like the victory of Jesus is what defines it. And that's what I'm signing up for. So just being able to like say that and then to re-say it and to really take it as a conviction to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, you know, like the church is its members. The church, the mystical body is not some amorphous ethereal thing. So like, yeah, we have a real part to play in it. And the Lord has chosen us to do that. All of us, priests, uh, bishops, um, deacons, ordained, not ordained. Um, like the church is a real concrete reality. And so, yeah, <laughs> one of the priests that I was talking to here today um, was describing how Mother Mary is like the scalpel. She's She's very beautiful, but she's very sharp. And she just kind of trims off the fat or takes out these cancers. And like the Lord uses her in this really precise but beautiful way to clean up and purify the body of Christ. And I was thinking like that is not that is not just some vague theoretical spiritual idea. Because like the way that mama works, the way that Mama Mary works in the church is certainly in a spiritual reality that's absolutely she's present and working but she also like strengthens my mom and moms like millions of moms who are going to be that scalpel like in real time in reality in the kingdom of god and are going to come and talk to priests and talk like talk to their children and talk to bishops like that's not just some idea but like Mama Mary is going to be powered through our moms, through you know our our dads are gonna not not as moms, but they they have a real part to play in in um, purifying the church, yeah, and participating in the sacrament of salvation that is the body of Christ. So it was it's been really good to be up here, honestly, and to hear the different inputs from 
yeah. from the priests who have way more time as well in the priesthood and way more experiences. And like some guys, yeah, I get, I related very much to it because, you know, we've, Rob and I, we've been ordained for two months and three months now. And it's, you know, it's been pretty present since, um, well, at least half of my priesthood, very, very present. Um, but like guys have, they've seen it and they've gone through it and, and yet they can still look at it with conviction and say, I'm going to be a part of the problem, not, I'm going to be part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Um, that was good to hear, you know, yeah. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. The next month could be insane. I know. I'm, I was thinking I better edit this quick and post it. Other, otherwise, we'll it'll be out of date.